guys, welcome back to another episode of Alexify, the place for fashion podcast. Today, we are going to be talking all about Shein. Today, I have Peiyu Wu on, and we're going to get right on into some really interesting conversations. So how are you doing today? I didn't prepare this part, but hi, everyone. It's such an honor to come to this podcast show. I look forward to sharing my thoughts about sharing this company and my thoughts about sustainable fashion with all of you. I am excited to talk about this as well. So your article sheds light on troubling practices within Shein's supply chain, including subcontracting to unregistered factories and poor working conditions. Can you elaborate on some of the key issues and vulnerabilities uncovered during your investigation? Yeah, sure. So in 2021, I noticed an uh, increasing backlash in Western media against Shein, particularly regarding its opaque supply chain. So I decided to travel to Guangzhou, where Shein's headquarters in China locates, and trying to open that black box. Mm-hmm. What I discovered was really alarming. I noticed while Shein had established direct contracts with some big factories, a great portion of its orders were subcontracted to middle-sized and smaller factories, even some unregistered family-run workshops, all of them like operate without formal contracts. So these smaller establishments were concentrated in Guangzhou's urban villages, which characterized by high population density and cramped space where the industrial and the residential areas were intertwined. Many of these buildings violated sa- uh, fire safety regulations as they housed living quarters on the upper floors and factory and space and warehouse space below. This setup combined with those extensive use of flammable fabric posed a great risk to the whole neighborhood. In addition, the majority of workers employed by those subcontracted factories were gig workers, meaning they are neither protected by the labor law nor part of the social welfare system. Very interesting. So Shein has gained popularity among Gen Z shoppers in the West um, with its ultra low prices and fast fashion model. How does the company manage to produce and offer thousands of new styles every week while keeping prices so low? That's a very good question. There are two key factors at play. The first one is relatively positive. So over the past 10 years, the garment industry and the logistics system in China had advanced a lot. In the case of Shein, they have developed an algorithm system to allow them to keep a very low inventory numbers. We all know unsold inventory is very bad for fashion business. Basically, with this algorithm system, Shein can forecast the sales volume of each new product in different countries for the upcoming weeks. It then coordinated an extensive supply chain that spans across China to achieve the most efficient production and transport the orders to the world in a quickly manner. However, it is very important to note that while the algorithm provides solutions, it is always human who carry out these implementations. 
This massive system relies on millions of garment workers, truck drivers, logistics personnel, and pickers who contributed their labor to make it all happen. Surprisingly, despite the rapid technological adv advancement over the past decade, the wages and welfare benefit of those workers have not been improved. So these two factors together explain how this company is able to quickly introduce a wide range of products to the market while maintaining a stable control over its price. Interesting. It's it's crazy how how low these prices. I'll look at Shein for research purposes and it's like $6 for one garment. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, so in general, transparency transparency is crucial in the fashion industry, particularly when it comes to labor conditions and supply chain traceability. How does Shein lack how does Shein's lack of transparency compare to other global fast fashion brands and what are the implications of this? It will make it very hard to regulate, I think. I have yet to find Shein publicly disclosing any of its suppliers online. The company has only shared very vague statements and they do want to change public opinion about them, but they chose a very wrong kind of methods. Recently, I believe you have heard they flew a couple of international influencers to visit a smart factory in Guangzhou and let them interview the workers there. However, this campaign has been widely criticized as a PR disaster, as nobody would believe such arranged interviews. In contrast, HM have been very professional in terms of addressing public concern about their supply chain. So on their website, they disclose the specific location and employee numbers of over a thousand first tier suppliers. While it remained unclear if these first-tier suppliers also outsourced their orders to smaller factories, this level of transparency already enabled regulators and journalists to better monitor the whole thing. During my reporting trips in Guangzhou, I encountered a lot of setbacks as there were just no clear entry points. It took me an entire week to thorough they explore different industrial in Guangzhou before I finally crack the cave. Wow, that's crazy. So I recently learned that Shein has partnered with my college, FITM, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in downtown Los Angeles, which has raised ethical concerns for me and many other students. How does this collaboration raise questions about the college's stance on sustainability and its support of fast fashion practices? I believe it is very hypocritical for companies like Shein to establish connection with college in order to enhance their brand image. I believe before Shein demonstrates genuine in reviewing their supply chain, any institution should not engage in partnership with Shein solely for monetary gain. Completely agree. I think it's not only hypocritical of Shein, but hypocritical of the fashion schools that are teaching their students about the future of fashion, but there can't be a future of fashion without a future of yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh your article mentions that Shein's logistics center has 
Logistics Center has faced challenges in terms of intense work and the use of dispatch agencies, which can hinder workers' rights. Can you provide more insights into these specific challenges and their effects on workers? Sure. So the clothes produced by factories across the whole China would eventually converge into one or two huge logistic parks where they are got sorted out based on their destination. This is the immense undertaking that requires tens of thousands of pickers working tirelessly for over maybe 10 hours a day. It is physically and mentally demanding work, so it has a high turnover rates. Many people quit within a week while others persisted for months but suffered physical damage. To manage the high turnover, Xin cleverly outsourced the task to numerous small labor agents. These agents always use problematic tactics to pressure the workers into staying longer. If a worker quits prematurely, they are at risk of not receiving full payment for the hours they worked. However, Xin can avoid all the legal responsibility and disputes because it is not a direct employer of these workers. Wow. I mean, that's just awful. I, I couldn't... It's so dark. It's so dark. It's so dark. I can't believe that people still shop from this place and support this, let alone a major institute, fashion institute partners with them. It makes my blood boil. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> in recent years, other fast fashion brands have made efforts to improve their sustainability practices and transparency. Why do you think Shein has been less willing to disclose information about, about its labor conditions and supply chain compared to its counterparts? One of their public rationale is that those big major factories have some very valuable business secrets they don't want their competitors to know. But I think if they want to avoid suspicions regarding their opaque supply chain, they could easily just disclose a partial list and exclude those non-compliance factories, but they simply choose not to do so, which is very puzzling. I suspect they have confidence that regardless of transparency, as long as the price are low enough, people will still buy. They believe in human nature is inclined to seek more bargains, and the low price is more convincing than anything else. That kind of hypothesis I have, like, really make me <laughs> angry about their attitude. Yeah, everything. <laughs> the whole the whole situation in general makes me angry. And the more we talk about it, I'm like, I could go on and on about this topic. And I'm glad that you're here to you know, provide the people with the facts because it should make everyone angry. Um, so kind of back uh, piggybacking off of that, the lack of transparency surrounding Shane's labor conditions and supply chain is just overall concerning. So how does the company's opacity impact its customers' ability to make informed choices about their fashion purchases? To be honest, I think the public has been exposed enough information to be aware of Xin's problematic practice. After nearly three years of media scrutiny, 
an ongoing demand for the Xin to disclose its supply chain. The thing need to be reflect on is how the media should raise questions, investigate, and ultimately convince the consumers to truly care about this issue. Agreed. Um, so considering Xi'an's massive popularity and market influence, what role do consumers like myself play in holding the company accountable for its practices? And how can individuals make more sustainable fashion choices and support alternatives to fast fashion? We have known for a long time that fast fashion is a capitalistic game threatening the environment and workers' rights, yet we still buy it. Why? Mm. Because we may feel disconnected from the workers who are far away. And the environment pollution also seems distant from our reality. We prioritize our immediate needs. That's very natural. If we media workers only approach it from a moral standpoint and say, you shouldn't buy fast fashion, it's not enough. What I want to say now is that if you continue to let the capitalism exploit workers, the quality of the clothes you get will also decline. The garment factory, uh, the garment manufacturing is a process that is very hard to fully automate. It relies on human hands to make subtle adjustments. The expertise of a garment workers takes 10 to 20 years to develop. You can just imagine it as a craftsman rather than a just ordinary worker. But currently in China, young generation are becoming reluctant to enter this industry because they don't want to be exploited. And the older workers are reaching the retirement age. They will be, there will be a significant labor shortage in future. You might argue that other developing countries like Vietnam could replace China, but there will be a significant gap in terms of worker skills level due to the difference in climate and also cultural characters between these two countries. So what I want to say is just like we should support musicians or else we will struggle to have very good music to listen to in future. We should also resist buying extremely low-priced clothing and push the capitalist to provide better protection for workers. Everything we do has a real consequence. Agreed. I think I think mm -hmm. that's maybe the biggest lesson I've learned with sustainability is that you have to make it personal in some way, shape, or form, or else people aren't necessarily going to care. Um, and the harsh reality of people and our planet is that most people care about themselves and they care about money. And so if you make this, this battle of trying to, you know, push sustainable and ethical fashion personal and you show people how it can maybe econom economically impact them in a positive light, um, more people will care. But that's honestly one of the biggest lessons I've learned is because people as much as we all wish they do, don't just necessarily all care about other people and about our garment workers and about our planet because they don't see, think that it affects them every day, but it does. Anyways, <laughs> I have a petition to stop the partnership between Shein and FITM, and it highlights the importance of, ed importance of education and awareness. 
So how can educational institutes like FITM play a role in promoting sustainability and ethical practices within the fashion industry? Um, I think college should instill proper values in students rather than teaching them how to adapt to a capitalistic world and deceive others, even themselves. While some may argue that the knowledge acquired in the no in the college is not always useful in the real world, I believe that college education shouldn't be purely utilitarian. Instead, the education should provide students with a dialectic mindset, enabling them to navigate the capitalist world and confront temptations. How can one maintain their own integrity while not completely detached from the society? I think college is preparing students for this kind of very difficult questions. Agree. So as a reporter covering sustainability in fashion, what are some maybe other examples um, you have come across that highlight the need for more responsible and sustainable practices in the industry? One thing good about being a reporter is your job forces you to be very close to the lower income groups and push you to think really hard on one question. Can we just turn a blind eye to this existing injustice, assuming we belong to the middle class who can benefit from cheap labors? Do we really think the suffering of the lower income group won't affect us eventually? Even now, I try my best to not buy fast fashion and also avoid ordering food delivery because every time I do, I feel guilty. Uh, some people may argue that if you don't buy, those workers won't have enough income and by consuming their low-cost labor, I'm giving them an opportunity to earn wages. But I believe as long as we feed this capitalist machine, it will grow bigger and eventually devour not only the most vulnerable groups, but also us. Think about why we work so hard and spend so much on money on random small commodities, cheap clothes, but only end up without gaining much emotional values. Why there are fewer choice of affordable indie brands that we can really draw inspirations from because we are contributing to the system that is destroying them. Another thought process I want to share is that after publishing the investigative reports about Xin's labor issues, I went through a period of intense self-doubt. I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing. Did my report really push the company to pay the workers higher wages and include them into the social welfare system? Or I just ruin the company's image and those workers are going to lose their jobs. Now I realize this is not something I can control. It is something the company should worry about. I did the reporting with good intention. I want the company to improve its labor practice so it can be a healthier business for all parties. And in terms of my words to the consumer, it might be too ideal, but I really hope we can work for our passion by less unnecessary stuff, 
set of money to support artists, musicians, and brands that are really making our heart softer, rather than luring us to be more greedy. Just to be clear, it's not helpful to assume everything Chinese business do is unethical and evil. I'm against the speculation on the Western media that Xin is using false label to manufacture garments. While I may remain my doubts about the source of the cotton cotton used in their fabric, I'm not asking you to completely ban Xin. I really think the company did have some positive impact on the local economy. It allowed many mom and pop shops. To continue to have some income while a lot of people lost their job during the COVID, but it really has to stop using low price as the main strategy to compete with other brands. Maybe my advice is making rational and cautious purchase, avoiding buying a lot of stuff with huge discounts. Don't let the company and its algorithm. Assume this is your buying pattern, so they can justify themselves. This is the only way to make money. Consumers and fashion industry are an interconnected ecosystem. Your attitude does have an impact on the company strategy. That's that's um that's great. I mean, I haven't. I've I feel like that's a good um point of or perspective um on the whole situation because. I mean, you just pinpointed a lot of things that are, you know, misinterpreted, and um, yeah. Overall, I like what you had to say. That's what I'm trying to say in a long way. Um, so I want to encourage my listeners to be more conscious about their fashion choices, kind of like what you were just talking about. So, what message or advice would you like to share with them regarding the environmental and ethical impact of fast fashion, particularly with regards of companies like Shein? And just like I said before, I think it's important to be aware the company has some issues, and then it's supernatural if you just need this clothes immediately within two weeks and you have on you are on budget, but just don't do it too often mm-hmm. because it's not good. <laughs> That's all I、yeah. want to say. <laughs> I think having a conscious mindset with shopping,、um, and I think a big thing around the sustainable fashion industry is that it can be judgmental because it's like, oh, you bought that from Shein, you're canceled, but it doesn't need to be that. It's just. Having a conscious mindset, like we've talked about, like thinking before you buy something, how many times you're gonna wear it, what are you gonna wear it with, and do you really need something like this? Are you just buying five hundred dollars worth of Shein stuff to do some sort of、um, haul on TikTok? <laughs>、um, <laughs> because those those are not good. Um. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to mention or just talk about to our listeners? Uh. Think that's all I prepared. That's perfect.、Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about such an important topic. If people want to get in touch with you about anything in regards to this and Shein, where can they, you know, find you? Maybe on social or just in general. You can visit my、uh, Sixtone page, and、uh, I have an email link to that page. Awesome. Sixtone is a media outlet. I worked、um, uncover this.、Um, Investigative report. Very cool. Well, everyone, 
Make sure to check out this article to learn more about Shein. And while you're, you know, looking around, you can follow me on social. My Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook are all my name at Lexi Silverstein, L-E-X-Y, silver like the color, S-T-E-I-N. And remember to make the ordinary extraordinary.